My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Monday the 13th of March. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. We're expecting some very big news overnight about the future of Australia's defence. It is difficult to overstate the step that as a nation we are about to take. This is Richard Miles. He's the Minister for Defence and the acting PM while Anthony Albanese is away, speaking in Parliament last week. Australia will become just the seventh country to have the ability to operate a nuclear-powered submarine. We have never operated a military capability at this level before. But will Australia's new military capability keep Australia safe or escalate tensions in the region? Well, we've got TDA journalist Tom Crowley to help us answer some of those questions in today's deep dive. But first, the headlines. Some major financial news over the weekend. Silicon Valley Bank, which is the 16th largest bank in the US and popular amongst US tech startups, has collapsed, leaving companies and individual customers unable to withdraw any money. It's the biggest US bank to fail since Washington Mutual collapsed at the height of the 2008 global financial crisis. Multiple large Australian startups with US operations are thought to be affected. Assistant Minister for Indigenous Australians and Indigenous Health Malandiri McCarthy has delivered Australia's national statement on the status of women to the United Nations Commission in New York. In the statement, McCarthy discussed the importance of including women in rural and remote areas and those impacted by natural disasters in technology and innovation. She's the first Indigenous woman to deliver the statement for Australia. New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet has announced a major election promise outlining a Kids Future Fund at his party's campaign launch in Sydney yesterday. If re-elected, Perrottet has promised to give every child currently aged 10 and under in New South Wales, as well as those born from now on, a fund for their first home or tertiary education, with a starting investment of $400 from the government that parents can contribute to every year. And the good news, Catherine Bennell-Pegg will become the first Australian-born woman to participate in astronaut training with an international space agency. Bennell-Pegg, who's a space systems engineer, will travel to the European Space Agency in Germany next month and said she wants to use the experience to open doors for Australian scientists and engineers. Tom, welcome back. Thanks, Zara. Good to be here. So last week, PM Anthony Albanese was in India, and later today he's going to be in the US. He is a busy man. He's meeting with the heads of AUKUS, and we're expecting some announcement from that meeting. Tom, what do we need to know about this announcement and why it's important? Well, it's all about submarines, firstly, Zara. So AUKUS, that's A-U-K-U-S, is a deal that we struck with the UK and the US in 2021. And the big headline was Australia is going to get big, fancy nuclear submarines. So I should say at this point that does not mean submarines with nuclear weapons on them, um, but they're nuclear-powered submarines. They're sort of very, you know, advanced military technology. They can stay underwater for a very long period of time. Um, So in that sense, I guess for all the submarine nerds out there, that there's something quite exciting about that. We're, We're due to hear some details of the announcement, we think, 
later today from the three leaders, as you mentioned, in the US. But as much as I could bore you with all the details of the specifications of these submarines, Zara, I think this story is a little bit more interesting, not so much for the subs themselves, but for what they symbolise. This is a really, really big shift in Australia's defence policy, in the way we view China and the way we view our region. It's a, it's a huge, huge deal. And I think that that's a far more interesting story. Okay, so you're going to great pains there to highlight how big of a deal it actually is. What does this AUKUS relationship actually mean for us in Australia and indeed the Pacific region? Well, to set the context, I, the Pacific region that you mentioned, I mean, for those who are not too familiar with the map, of course, on either side of the Pacific, you have China and the US, who are probably the two great world powers. And tension between those two has been a defining feature of our region for a long time. I mean, China has been growing and becoming a superpower over the last few decades. And there have always been concerns and conversations about what that means for the world order and what that means for the order in our part of the world. Now, Australia, of course, has a long-standing alliance and friendship with the US, but for a while, really, I think the way that we used to talk about our role there was kind of as a bit of a middle power between those two. So you go back a decade or a little bit more than a decade ago, and the way that we used to talk about the US and China was, yes, you know, there might be growing tension between the two, but Australia can bridge the gap. China is a major trading partner and a friend of ours. We're in the region. We're we're the opportunity to be a bridge between these two great powers and to be, I guess, leading efforts for, for peaceful and harmonious relationships in the area. That was one way of thinking about it. But it's fair to say that in the last few years in particular, that has quite dramatically changed. And the key thing that has happened really is that China has become a significantly more aggressive player in global politics under President Xi Jinping. I think the best way to actually see that shift is to look at changing attitudes in Australia. So you go back to 2018, Zara, there was a survey asking Australians what they thought um, of China as a military threat to Australia, and 45% -hmm. of people said that they saw it as a threat, roughly the same number that it had been for years. That's 2018. You fast forward to 2022, and that's gone from 45% to 75%. So there's been a really dramatic shift in our attitudes, in attitudes across the region and in the world in general, in, in the way that that China and the relationship between China and America is viewed in increasingly tense terms. And, uh, you know, you see that in a number of areas. So there's a disputed area of ocean, the South China Sea, where China has territorial disputes with a lot of its neighbours and the US and Australia have some interest in that. There's the issue of Taiwan, uh, an island that runs itself as a democracy. It's just off the Chinese coast, um, but it's something that China has always viewed as part of its territory. Rhetoric on that has been escalating in the last few years and generally just things have been feeling a little bit more hostile, a little bit more tense. But where AUKUS is a big deal is that this is the first time that we've really scaled up in a big military sense in this part of the world. Of course, we've always had strong military ties with the US and the UK, but this is different. This is the three countries saying we are now viewing this part of the world in increasingly military terms and it's impossible to understand that without understanding the threat of China. This, this is a strong statement from the three countries. You know, essentially Australia is using advanced US military technology. We're going to have, you know, US personnel based more frequently on our shores and um, I think in the, in the short term even operating some of the submarines themselves. This is a big step towards militarising the Pacific from, from our perspective. So although these, these things have been changing, although there have been these shifts over a period of time, um, th- this is a huge step for that reason. 
It is a huge step and whether it was outwardly expressed or not, China has gotten the message that this is a a significant step forward. How has China responded to AUKUS forming and certainly what's happened over the last year or so? Yeah, I mean, not well. I, you know, I think I suppose w- one of the easiest ways to to see how this is viewed as a uh, response to China is that China has perceived it as a threat. They, they've accused Australia, the UK, the US of accelerating an arms race in the Pacific. It's worth mentioning in that context, China's own military spending has increased really significantly in recent years. So, so this is kind of a an arming up that is happening on, I guess, on both sides of the Pacific. Um, but, you know, China has accused Australia of undermining regional peace and stability. Um, similar claims that Australia and the US often make themselves about China. So certainly it's not been received very well in China. Uh, Across the region as well, I think it's fair to say that it's creating a fair bit of nervousness in the countries of the region. I mentioned earlier that countries like Japan and South Korea are very much uh, allies of Australia and the US, but in a lot of other countries in the region, views on AUKUS are pretty mixed. And generally speaking, there's just a lot of apprehension about Um, the developments that we've seen on both sides. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Tom, when AUKUS was formed, there was all of this talk about, you know, threats emerging in the Pacific and the rise of China and everything that comes with that. And I guess the thing that strikes me when we're having these discussions is that our allies in that partnership the US and and UK, are fairly far away from that region, whereas here in Australia we're smack bang in the middle of it. Yeah, absolutely. We are right in the middle of this, which is quite unusual. I think it's something we're not used to. You know, when we talk about global conflicts in Australia, although we often get involved, we're used to them being things that are happening on the other side of the world. This is very, very close to home. And it poses some really, really difficult questions for Australia, I think. This is a really tricky period of time for us to navigate. Uh, I think, you know, it's it's not so much a question of if it came to a war with the US and China, whose side will we take? Like, I think if you frame it on those terms, there's not really ever been a question in Australia that, that the answer to that question would be the US, but that's not really the right one. I think that the question that is really difficult for Australia is, are we team America or are we team neutral? And to what extent should Australia be I guess, preparing for war um, and and moving closer to the US military and to what extent should Australia be trying to, you know, be that middle ground, be that peace broker, be as neutral as we can. And I suspect the idea of remaining neutral and staying out of it probably sounds intuitively appealing to to a lot of people, but it's it's more complicated than it sounds, right? Because, you know, you go back 10, 15 years ago and what did staying neutral mean? It just meant... You know, we say China is our great friend, America is our great friend, you know, sort of happy families. The world's not really like that now. You look at the way that China responds when we have things to say about their human rights records and, and you know, the reports of crimes against humanity in China against the Uyghur people. Uh, when we do anything that, that China doesn't like, they've put bans on various Australian exports. They, they are quite, you know, I, I guess this thing about China becoming more aggressive under Xi Jinping has included threatening Australia with economic penalties and other penalties for doing things that China doesn't like. And so remaining neutral becomes a much harder thing for Australia to do in this tenser strategic environment. You know, in a sense, the ship has sailed now or the submarine has sailed. (laughs) We're moving closer 
to the US in terms of, you know, military cooperation. These are dangerous times for the world, but for Australia in particular, and, and they pose some some difficult challenges. Tom, thank you, as always, for leaving us with just some small questions to have to answer on our Monday morning. Yeah, happy Monday, uh, But we will all be, <laughs> we'll all be looking out for that AUKUS announcement overnight. Uh, that should hit tomorrow, so we'll be here to update you on that and any news that it brings. Tom, thanks for jumping on. Thanks, Sarah. Maybe next time can we get me on to talk about something happier? Can't promise it, but we'll try. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on The Daily Oz this morning. If you learned something from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so there's a TDA episode waiting for you every morning. We'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, have a great day. 